Miller. This week's episode, we host Charlie Weaver, uh, a head groundskeeper of the Rocket City Trash Pandas, uh, and it was truly an incredible podcast uh, with the recently named Minor League Baseball Head Groundskeeper of the Year, um, which is a very well-deserved honor for a man who's doing so much more than just maintaining a field. Um, one of the big things that I was so excited about to have Charlie on is that he's worked with other high school turf programs uh, down in Alabama and Athens and it's really just incredible to see him sort of take on that role of mentor and sort of guiding the next generation down a path of sports field management and be able to show these kids like truly what can be a very well-deserving career that leads to things like again being the best minor league groundskeeper in the league Uh, and it's it's something that he should take great pride in he does a phenomenal job and being able to talk about it and talk about all the different uh, uh, things going on when it comes to minor league groundskeeping, uh, taking over a new stadium and seeing from the ground up things that go well, things that don't, and just sort of, again, being a field manager that we all know and love, the the chaos and the, the good times of what can be and what should be when it comes to a career and someone's life moving forward, you know, and Charlie does a great job of emulating everything a groundskeeper should be, and it was truly an honor to have him on. Um, We hope you guys enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller, with our special co-host, a former student, Mr. Sam Ree, and former uh, co-host of the podcast. Excited to have him back. Today we have on an incredible guest. We have Mr. Charlie Weaver, the head groundskeeper of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. How are you doing today, Charlie? Great, guys. How are you all? It's a pleasure to be here. Doing great. I want to start off by saying congratulations on the incredible honor as being named the uh, minor league groundskeeper of the year. That's an incredible accomplishment and truly an awesome thing for you. So it's it's great to see you getting recognized for the work that you do. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. That's uh, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, at all um it was funny because uh we're in the middle of a field renovation and we're out there uh laying sod and my gm calls it's like hey you won uh southern league groundskeeper of the year i was like oh great you know i didn't know i was up for it or whatever and he goes oh you also won my <laughs> well, by the way the, the big <laughs> oh, one <laughs> Like, that well, makes laying uh, sod a little better. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little that's, bit. Uh, yeah, that's a huge honor for sure. Absolutely, and very deserving. Um, so, like you said, you're going through a re- renovation right now. What has been this year been like for you? And obviously, I want to get into you working with the next generation of groundskeepers because it's been phenomenal. That's the real reason why I want to get you on. Uh, just been super busy, but. Um, yeah. what has this season been like for you? I noticed you guys had football and everything that's pretty new to a minor league uh, facility and everything. What has it been like for you for this year and everything that's been a part of this year of your head groundskeeper? Uh, you know what? I thought we had a really good season. Um, started the year with some, uh, college baseball, you know, to get, uh, get our feet wet. Some of our staff, you know, haven't really worked in baseball. So we try to do some kind of high end sec baseball kind of stuff um you know get through that and then obviously the season's you know a grind um i thought we had a really great uh trash panda season got most of our games in didn't have a whole lot of rainouts. um 
one of our biggest challenges in the beginning of the season was we had a a private concert for like 2,000 people on a Saturday. And then we started a 12-game homestand on Tuesday. Um, Yeah, me and my my assistant didn't leave the stadium to like 5.30 or 6 a.m. on Sunday after that concert, getting everything cleaned up and then having to go straight into a 12-gamer. It was definitely a challenge, you know, but – Made it through the season relatively, you know, unscathed. I mean, no huge issues. Um, our team played great, so that obviously helps when the team is good. Um, you know, all the players are very, very welcoming, very appreciative of what we do. Um, and then as soon as the season ends, you know, we go straight into a football flip, which was something, you know, I I had seen from afar but never done hands-on. And we wanted, we were only doing it one, you know, for one game. So we wanted to do everything in house. So we're, you know, me and my sister out there cutting down our skin edges and, and our warning track edges. So the sod matches up and, you know, it was about a three or four day process and then just, you know, do what we do and grow that grass in. And then, you know, me and him were kind of button heads on how to paint a football field because, <laughs> you know, baseball you know baseball's pretty easy when it comes to paint uh but you know football is a little a little more challenging but but yeah it was a great great success i think the football game really uh was a highlight you know a lot of a lot of hard work for one event but at the same time see all the fans come out see all you know the players you know loved how the field looked and and how it played so i think it was a great year so you were talking about like the edges and everything getting it down to where everything's level what were some of those hardships when you were first starting off laying the sod and then sort of transitioning to, again, growing grass on your infield skin and ensuring the playability from what maybe your outfield or infield to that sod that you had laid? What is What were some of those challenges that you faced? I guess the biggest challenge was we didn't really – we didn't do it by, you know, a laser or combinator or anything. We did it all by hand, which, you know, is a challenge in itself. Um but, you know, going through after we would dig by hand and have a test piece of sod to make sure we were, you know, good to go and just doing that basically around the entire infield and, and most of the warning track was the biggest challenge for sure. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to your season, obviously you explained how you had a concert and a couple of things that popped up. Um, what are some of the things that you and your staff look forward to when it comes to the season and just really going in there and grinding it out. You know, there are 12 game homestand is nothing to joke about. There are so many things that you're doing routinely on a daily basis that require uh, precise uh, work and ensure that everything's the same from game one to game 12. What are some of those things you guys are looking forward to and you really enjoy when it comes to your work? I mean, I honestly look forward to coming in every day uh, just because, you know, with weather and everything, it's usually usually different uh but at the same time it's the same like during home stands i know what i'm doing every day and and that's a, a relief for me because i don't really have to think about much um but we really look forward to i look forward to like game time itself because you know we put on all this work you know in the morning you know you come in and mow and you water in your skin and getting bp stuff set out but then like when it's time for the game to start it's like all right you know we get our pregame done, then we get to kind of get to sit back and 
and relax and enjoy the game. Um, and I really look forward to like Fridays and Saturdays because those are our biggest crowds. And, and we actually do a, uh, in, uh, in between any promotion, the ground screw is in charge of the, the t-shirt cannon. Nice. Yeah. So, That's right. Get, Give it to the ground screw. Yeah, Everything's so going to uh, go great. Yeah, we got a Polaris. Uh, <laughs> we got a Polaris Ranger in the shop, and uh, my assistant stands on the back with the t-shirt cannon, and I drive around the warning track, and he shoots t-shirts at people. <laughs> so that's always fun. I usually uh, get the Bluetooth stereo going in that thing and crank the music all the way nice. up. Nice, nice. <laughs> just trying to make it fun. Yeah, yeah. Fridays and Saturdays are probably my favorite, just because we have huge crowds and everybody's into it. You know, we have great fans here, so. You know, looking forward to that. And then the afternoons on Sundays, getting those uh, sunny day games in. It's just a great time. How big is your crew? And uh, do you have interns as well? So I haven't had any interns yet. I'm actually trying to get a couple for this upcoming season. But full-time, it's me and my assistant are full-time. And then we usually keep a stable of like 8 to 10 game day people. And we usually try to bring four or five of them in for a game. And so most days, it was it's just you and your assistant doing most of the day day to day tasks. Yeah. On yeah. yeah, every day it's it's me and him, and you know I usually mow the outfield, he mows the infield, and we kind of split up if we need to do some other things. We get BP stuff out, but yeah, it's just me and him for until five o'clock when game day people show up. Gotta love the grind, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, you were talking about right now you're going through a renovation, um, which has been very sort of it's become normalized in minor league baseball due to the new standard set by the MLB and everything that goes in with it. What has it been like being able to take your field and bring it within those standards and understand that everything that you do is so critical to meet those standards and to have the safe playability of those players? throughout the entire season. What has it been like working with those standards and figuring out what's best practices for that? Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. We actually, during the renovation, we kind of ran into an, a little bit of an issue because in the PDL, your infield grass is supposed to be a maximum of eight inches above your uh, dugout steps, but our dugouts are not the same elevation. Um, one of the dugouts is an inch and a half, lower than the other one. So we had to go through a bunch of talks with the architect and the contractor and MLB, like, hey. We can't rebuild you know, the stadium. <laughs> I, you know, is it is it more cost effective to, you know, tear up some concrete and resurface some concrete, you know, at a higher level? Or do we, do we bite the bullet and lose like a half inch to an inch of root zone? to get our infield down because that is, you know, to my knowledge, you have to meet it in both dugouts. So like we can be at eight inches in one dugout and then six and a half in the other. And you're, you know, there's no wiggle room on the one. So that's kind of what we're fighting. But other than that, you know, our field met, you know, meets requirements other than that specific problem, which has been rectified. So we're, we're good to go. You know, sod's actually already back down, and the guys are out there working on laser grading the warning track, you know, as we speak. So we're rocking and rolling. 
And so what did you end up going with their solution to that problem? Or is it still? So they they dropped the infield. Gotcha. So we're, we're like. Uh, Always the groundskeeper's yeah. problem. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Out of Let's add stop some concrete. Stop cutting stuff out. Yeah, for the groundskeeper. Yeah. Come on. Well, I, voted, I voted for the concrete fix. Yeah. But, uh, Damn straight. <laughs> so, I mean, essentially, the way I see it is we're going to have to replace our infield every year. Because, yeah. I mean, we're at eight inches right now. So I top dress once or twice and, hey, you know, yeah. what do you do? Whoops. So, what are we supposed <laughs> to do, right? I think right. we're I think we're looking into doing some stuff in like the off season, like a skating rink, or you know, they see those you yeah. know, winter slides or whatever. Something. Yeah, we, we were just at uh, Charlotte. They had it down there, right? Like if we're going to replace it anyway, we might as well get all the use know. out of it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what we're leaning, but you know, who knows? Be careful what you wish for. I'm sure they're going to put all of the lights on you. Yeah, and it's well, like, I mean, we already do. We already do a Christmas, like Christmas light show, but nothing on the field itself at the moment. Gotcha. It's just funny to me how my how is it that my minor league ballparks are like, hey, we're just gonna throw lights out. By the way, you're in charge of it. Like, I don't yeah. understand why they're always coming up with things. It's like, no, there's no point to this. Like, put it on the grounds crew. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, um, with Rocket City, how long have you been there for? I joined the staff in July of 2019. Okay. Um, the stadium was nowhere near done yet, but they were about to build the field, so that's why they brought me in. Okay, so wh- what was that like? Again, I, and I thought that was the case, talking to Brynn and everything. Like, What was that process like being able to be there at the beginning and be a part of the construction of your field now and have an influence and say, hey, this is what I need. This is what we need to change. What are we doing here? Like. What was that process like, again, being on the ground level of everything that went into the stadium? Well, it was, you know, it was really eye-opening because I've never been part of, you know, full construction. Um, just seeing exactly where everything is. And, you know, I have photos that document, you know, if I, you know, need to know where exactly where this irrigation line is, well, hey, you know, I've got a picture that shows where it is on the ground. Um, but just seeing everything go in piece by piece was cool. Um, and knowing where everything's at, but you know, I I thought I would have more influence on changes, um, but it turns out most of that stuff was kind of signed off on and purchased before I was hired and brought in. So gotcha. it turned out that trying to change anything was just Nearly. too much of a hassle for everybody. So we actually just went through that. So yeah, I completely yeah. So we're kind of biting the bullet. <laughs> we're biting the bullet on the back end because you know I wanted dirge and. And certain clay, you know, I wanted black stick and all that stuff. And, it, you know, we're having to hand, we change it ourselves, which, you know, we're, as the field sits right now, we're, we're where we want to be. So I can't really complain. Well, congratulations on getting to that point because it's not easy yeah. and it's not fun. <laughs> <Exactly>. uh, <laughs> what are some of those materials? Like you said, Durage and black stick. When you talk about Durage, like obviously it's sort of become the standard and whatnot. Why is it that certain products are what you have found to be best practices for you? And especially in your location, because there are so many different people that I've talked to when it comes to, well, Blackstick does great here, but we're deeper in the South and the humidity messes with it and all these different things. What has it been like for you sort of figuring that out and making your own sort of uh, equation to, again, the sort of the overall product? Yeah, I think having prior experience with it, you know, I used to uh, spend a season in the Midwest League as an intern. You know, we had uh, Durage and 
uh, pro-choice uh, gumbo. And then when I came down here, you know, that Dur-Edge was all I had ever really used. I didn't really want to change it. But uh, definitely with the climate and everything, you have to change what you do. I mean, we pound it with water. I mean, just because, I mean, it's 85 and sunny when you wake up in the morning down here. So, you know, we got to give it all it, can, all it can handle. And I think, you know, about midway through the season, we really figured it out on what was best for us, you know, water-wise and nail dragging and all that stuff. But, I mean, you really just got to play with it and figure out what works for you. I mean, that's that's really all I can say about it. It's just a, it's a labor of love, really, getting that stuff to do what you want it to do. Absolutely. And it never listens usually, but we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, I actually went was at the uh, Salt Bowl League World Series and got to talk to Bryn South and everything that you've done. I believe it's with Athens. Is that the correct name of the program? Yes, yeah. So what has it been like sort of being sort of that steward of the next generation, you know, allowing these kids to have the opportunity to come work for you? And probably one of my favorite things, and I think I tweeted it, I could be wrong, but you had a field trip with the class and then you had them actually working, which again, like we've done things like that, but to be able to have a full class there and be able to be a part of just pretty much immersing themselves in your crew and having that opportunity, what was, how has that been for you sort of creating those relationships, providing the opportunities? Like one of my big things, and I always say this is that all it takes is a moment, you know, and it can change a kid's life forever. And yeah. you were able to do that and have those influences. What has it been like sort of creating that relationship with that program and everything? Well, it's been great. Um, coach Smith over there at Athens, baseball coach, he also uh, teaches the turf class, has been great. Uh, he's brought him over a couple times. You know, the first time was just for a regular stadium tour. And then we had a, um, I guess you called it an education day, where we played at like 11 a.m., so all the local schools, you know, basically a field trip for the kids to come out and see a game. And, you know, he reached out and was like, hey, you know, is there anything we can do for that? And I was like, absolutely. So the night before, we knew we had a bunch of kids coming in the next day. So we didn't really do anything post-game. Nice. <laughs> we were like, we're going to have a bunch of, you know, free help the next morning. And, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, uh, Bryn hopped on the mower and, and mowed the outfield, and and we had some uh, kids helping patch, you know, bullpens and the plate and everything, and hand drag the infield and stuff. Just, you know, if you're going to be there, you might as well do something and you know learn hands on kind of what we're kind of what we're doing every day. And that was great. And then that led to, you know, we were kind of short on game day staff, so I just texted Coach Smith. I was like, Hey, you got any kids that? you know, we're looking for, you know, a little summer job that may be really interested in this. And, and sure enough, like four or five of them, you know, reached out to me and and they were phenomenal this season. I mean, they, they caught on very quickly and, you know, and they really enjoy what they do and take pride in it. So that really helped. And I look forward to the, you know, continuation of having them out here. I'm, I really, uh, I was really happy with, what we got out of those kids this summer and, and hope to have some more. I was going to say, what, what was that experience sort of like seeing the transition from say the classroom to the workplace for you? You know, we've had, I mean, I can't count how many kids who have gone into uh, golf courses or um, different like 
areas of the industry, obviously sports turf. We used to have minor league field like five minutes from our school and then they moved an hour away, but that's not the point <laughs> with everything. What is it like seeing a student actually have having an understanding when they walk in the workplace compared to what you usually are dealing with when it comes to unskilled labor coming into your workplace, having to teach them everything. What has it been like for to have that? I mean, it's a game changer, honestly, because especially with someone like Bryn and the other kids we had this summer, they already know what like certain tools are called or what I'm talking about when I say this. And if I tell Brandon, you know, Landon, Hey, go patch the bullpen. I don't have to tell them what to get, you know, what to load in the cart. I don't have to tell them step-by-steps on how to do it. I don't have to watch them. They, you know, they know exactly what to do. We show them once how we do it, you know, kind of our way and then, you know, let them go. And, you know, obviously we check up on it, but they do a great job, but it's definitely, definitely different not having to explain it to someone, you know, why we're doing this a certain way or, you know, what all this stuff is called, what my terminology is. It's really helpful when they have a class, you know, in high school that they already do it. And then you can, they just insert themselves into the workplace and they kind of, you know, already a step ahead. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the overall scope of it like obviously they're coming from a program they're coming to you what does it mean to you to have that impact because and i I, we just went to charlotte and worked with daniel azito on the acc championship field and i again i can't keep telling him the impact that he had on the kids that were there and how it's going to change not just them but this industry is huge what is it like to you and what does that mean to you to have that impact? Cause you are having that impact, whether you, you actually understand it or not. Cause it's, it's incredible what you're doing for these kids right. and truly it's going to change the game. And that's what I, I'm trying to get more people in the industry to be aware of and understand what you're doing is absolutely incredible. And I can't thank you enough for that. What does it mean to you to have that impact? You know, I guess I don't really realize the impact I do have, but it means a lot to, you know, just be a, be someone that these kids can look up to like, Hey, you know, if I, I can do it, then you can do it. You know, it's, it's really, uh, really special. Um, you know, I think, I think just if you change, you know, one kid's mind about, you know, what we're doing, if, you know, it's definitely a career for, for some kids, then, you know, then you did your job. Uh, but I really, uh, really enjoy, uh, being around that program. And having those kids come out, and it means a lot. Now, obviously, you're being the person that has brought or bringing kids into this industry. What was it that brought you to the industry? What was it that you really found a minor league groundskeeping job and were like, oh, this is awesome. I can do this. I really enjoy doing it. What brought you to the industry? Yeah, that's a good question. So I played uh, small college division two baseball here in town. Um, you know, we were the grounds crew because, yeah. you know, it's division two. Uh, so I was a, a pitcher. So I always, always on the mound, always on the mound. I love like, it. Like I, the way I saw it was if I'm going to throw off of this, I want it to be perfect. Perfect. So that's what I strove for. And I was like, man, this is fun. I like being outside all the time. You know, I like working with my hand. Like I like getting dirty. I like working with my hands. So I played my four years but I had five years of school. So the last year of school coach uh, gave me some scholarship money and I just stayed on and I was the grounds crew basically. 
and that's uh i started mowing and and all that stuff for the first time and never really done any of that and that led to uh in the internship in the midwest league uh jake hannis up there in wisconsin who has that moved on from there recently but he you know i got up there uh he took a chance on me and and that's really where i learned the ins and outs of the minor league side and then i knew that we lost our double a team in 2014 so there wasn't baseball down here for a very long time but they had already announced hey you know we're thinking about bringing another team back blah 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 so i transitioned from that to or went from Wisconsin down to Hoover at the Hoover Met where the SEC baseball tournament is. And Sam King down there, who's now at the University of Alabama, um, really uh, kind of gave me the reins to the place. And that's really where I learned how to spray and, and all the cultural practices and everything involved with a maintaining a high-end baseball field. And I'm from – Madison where the trash pandas are now. Gotcha. So I was like my whole goal is like, Hey man, let's get home Get home. Nice. I can work for, you know, the hometown team and I can be, you know, set up. And, and I, when they were hiring, I just threw my resume out, a few phone calls later and here we are. It's an awesome story, you know, and that's, I, I I've told many people, this is that that is probably the biggest untapped sort of, labor market is all high school athletes love what they're doing in their sport. Yeah. 98% of them are not going to college. Why don't we give them the opportunity to stay in it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's incredible to have again, an athlete who's so passionate about their sport, find a way to stay in it, you know? Cause that's, I was the same story. I, I didn't go all four years. I was a failed college baseball player and I ended up transferring somewhere else to Virginia tech, but it was, I wanted to stay in baseball somehow. And I, I, one way was either sports management going in the front office or something, which I had no connections with anyone or going on the field. And I ended up on the field and I've loved every second of it. So, uh, it's an awesome story. Um, with that obviously comes a lot of different people that were in your, in a part of your journey, you know, and had an influence on where you went. Could you mention some of those mentors and what they've meant to you sort of getting through, uh, to this point where you, you're you're at your goal, where you wanted to be at the hometown team working for the Trash Pandas? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I owe a huge thank you to my college baseball coach, Coach Royer, for, you know, first <laughs> letting me stay around and, and help him out and work on the field because without, you know, that decision by him, who knows where I'd be. And uh, obviously Jake Hannis and Aaron Pringle, who uh, were the crew up in Wisconsin, really taught me the ins and outs of the minor league side, you know, how to deal with managers, umpires, though, how to go up to the front office and ask for something that, you know, we can't really afford, but Hey, we need it. Um, and then, uh, Sam down in Hoover, Sam King, um, was a huge mentor to me, uh, kind of basically because he kind of let me do my own thing and, you know, learn from my mistakes and, you know, and all that. And then while I was in Hoover, I connected with Zach Van Voorhees, um, who really was an advocate for me to get this job. And, and, you know, he allowed me to come when he was in Birmingham with the Barons and help him out and kind of see it from, from a different side. And I would tell all those people, you know, is the reason I'm here right now. 
it's truly incredible, you know, having it. And then you doing that for the next generation is what's what it's all about. So it's awesome to hear. Um, with everything, obviously, my biggest thing about minor league groundskeeping is that it's a grind. They took the inch and a half away out of the root zone from you because they were like, you know what, he'll deal with it. It'll be fine. Right. What is it that you love about it? You know, what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you and your assistant motivated to put out the best product for these players? And again, to the point where, again, you're one of the best there is, you know, what has it been like keeping that motivation over the years and just being excited to go to work every day, like you said? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a challenge for sure. Um, you know, when we get to like game 45 out of 69 home games, you're like, man, is are we almost there? You know, we're a little kid in the back. Are we there yet? Are we there? (laughs) Uh, But I think the being around our team every day and our, the team's manager, uh, Andy, he's, he's like a spark of energy. You know, he loves what we do and everything. So just hanging out with him every day is great. Um, And the, uh, the thing about like the because uh, we get ratings and reviews from the visiting team now, like, and you know we we see them every month basically. Is you we get a re- report back on how we're doing, and you know if we're struggling in one area, we'll up that. And you know the sh- I I want to be the best. I want to you know supply the best surface that I can. So that really keeps me and my assistant going. Is you know we want to be the best field in the league. You know, we'll worry about the rest of the minor league baseball later, but as long as we're the best in the league, you know, that's all I really care about. Um, just providing a safe and aesthetically pleasing surface for our players, you know, they were they were very appreciative of what we did and very, uh, you know, fun to be around, very talkative. They, uh, they definitely uh, were, you know, a huge asset to get through the season. But I think – the thing that kept us most going were those uh, ratings that we got. Cause I wanted to see, it was like a one through five thing. I wanted to see fives. Yeah. Now, if we didn't have fives and I was like, well, you know, what are we doing wrong? But it really, uh, it's also people's opinions. So you really can't. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, especially the umpires. Cause like, oh, they don't even see half of the things oh, they're, <laughs> half of the things they're reviewing. Like, cause we'll get, we'll get a report back and it'll be like a three on the batting cage. I'm like, you don't even know where the batting cage is. How Congratulations, you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, but oh, you know, I, I strive to be the best, you know, in our league. So that really keeps us going. That's awesome. It's awesome to hear. Um, with that, obviously, when it comes to the motivational side of things, how do you keep your crew excited to come in and working and doing the best work that they can so that you can rely on them and understand that they are capable. And like you said, you don't have to be too worried about your your game day guys. Go patch them out. Like They know what they're doing. How do you have confidence and faith in your crew uh, to get the job done to your standards so that you are meeting those standards you have? Yeah, no, we we keep it fun in here. You know, we cut up and, and joke with each other. You know, we, uh, we pay them pretty well, so they like coming here. Um, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I try to like bring my grill in and and cook for them about once a month or so, just kind of just kind of keep the energy up. You know, it it does get challenging, you know, in the dog days, but we just kind of keep it lively and 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 cut up with each other. It's really awesome. the best thing we can do. That's awesome. 
now something that sort of goes hand in hand, obviously with your staff, uh, is our industry and the people that are in it. What is your take on sort of our industry as a whole and sort of the whole SFMA and what it means to you to be a part of, uh, to have again, sort of the network that you've created over the years with different guys in this industry and gals, sorry. No, yeah, it's huge. You know, there's a, a bunch of people that I've never, you know, physically met in person that I could probably reach out to. And if I have a question on anything, you know, kind of pick their brain. I think it's the conference every year is obviously great because, you know, you get to reconnect with people that you haven't maybe seen in a while. Um, but I think the state of the industry is in a, in a good spot, uh, especially seeing trips like the ones you all just had to Charlotte. Um, seeing stuff like that is great because I think that only elevates everybody. Um, but, yeah, I think we're in a good spot. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing everybody in Salt Lake and seeing some faces I haven't seen in a year. But um, you know, I'm just excited. I think, uh, I think the uh, big thing, I think, on the table is the NFLPA figuring out what oh, they're yeah. going to do. I'm do excited the, about that. Do with the fields there. So we'll, we'll have to see about that. But I think we're in a great spot. I'm actually trying to uh, get him on the podcast, but he's not responding. So <laughs> all I can say is I tried, you know, yeah. um, I'll probably send another two emails for the actual event. So we'll see. <laughs> um, with that, obviously the conference is a big deal and you're looking forward to that. Is there anything else you're looking forward to when it comes to the actual event and maybe some educational sessions that are available to you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to a few educational sessions. I haven't really dove deep into the itinerary yet to figure out which ones I'm going to go to, but Looking forward to that and then the trade show, obviously, because I want to buy some equipment. So I need to go see that firsthand. Um, and then at the end of this SFMA, we have a minor league so symposium where all the minor league people in attendance get together and we just throw ideas off each other and have some educational sessions there too. And that's that's probably the highlight for me is, is that part of it. Uh, but I'm, I look forward to the whole thing, honestly. Absolutely. When it comes to the minor league symposium, it's rather new, right? Am I wrong in saying that? That it's 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 relatively new to my knowledge. The first one I went to was in West Palm. Okay, um, I think that was so the first one. I could be wrong, but I've, they might have had one or two before that. I'm not entirely sure. When it comes to that, obviously, recently with the whole PA and everything, like all the the standards and everything, what have those symposiums done for you guys, and what has it meant for you, sort of? <laughs> being able to bounce those ideas off of and being able to benefit from each other's knowledge. No, it's been great, especially last year uh, in Savannah, you know, a few teams have already been audited. So they shared what that process was like and took photos of their deficient areas and what didn't pass and shared them with everybody. So we're kind of on the same page when it comes to that process of what to expect when they do come audit you. And then Showing, you know, just bouncing ideas off each other when it comes to events and stuff, what people do for certain things and, and all that stuff, just uh, the day-to-day stuff. And, you know, the biggest part of it was that audit process, you know, picking each other's brains on what to expect and, and you know, what you can do to rectify things. When it comes to all of that, sorry, <laughs> I had a message. Um when it comes to obviously rectifying all of that for you specifically going through the renovation right now, what are you looking to add to next year for your staff and you 
even just even if it's a tweak or something, what are you looking forward to next season uh, with the work that's going on right now? Well, I'm looking forward to a uniform surface. I don't know if you're familiar with the problem we had earlier this no, year with construction. But. No, if you want to explain, that'd be awesome. So basically, during construction, certified 419 was spec for the field, mm-hmm. but it had to be grown in a certain medium that met the specs that was going to be, you know. The, the root zone specs. Yep. They ended up finding a field that met the root zone specs, but it did not have certified 419. But because that it met root zone specs, they're like, screw it. You know, we're going to go with that. So it wasn't and, 419. No, it was 419, but it was uncertified. Uh, we didn't really, you know, it was kind of just a mixed bag. A they laid it down in, I don't know, late October of 2019. It was Oof. pretty much pretty much dormant by then immediately overseeded it. And then, you know, we didn't really see anything until May of 2020. And of course that's when COVID shut everything down. Yeah. So like we started noticing different colors, you know, different uh, growing patterns of this grass. And it was in the same direction that they laid the sod. Like you can tell, you could tell like one roll was different from another roll. They were right next to each other. Um, so we ended up getting the DNA tested by the university of Georgia. And they said, you know, you've got 419 out here, but you also have something that's similar to Tiff Eagle, but it's not Tiff Eagle. I can't tell you what it is. Blah, 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 blah. It's not so, real. It's just, <laughs> yeah. there's something so, out there. <laughs> right. So I, it was a running joke for me. Like, we should have been like a research farm for turf grass. <laughs> Everybody come out and take years, trying to figure out what the heck was going on out here. But that's uh, after that football game we had, I sprayed uh, Roundup, I don't know, three, four times just to make sure everything was dead. Good. And then right. <laughs> on, uh, going back with certified TIF stuff. So hopefully going sure. forward, all of our grass is the same color and grows the same way. Gotta, gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> a new a new feeling for sports field managers is just yeah. to have everything done right, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's kind of terrible, but <laughs> I'm glad they fixed it for you. Yeah, we're through it now. That's that's all that matters. For sure, for sure. Um when it comes to over the years, have there has there been any major changes that you've made, whether it's staff, um, practices, different things that from when you started there in 2019 to now entering 2023 season, what have you sort of changed to amend, to optimize, not amend, optimize sort of everything that you have going on uh, for whether it's concerts, games, whatever it is that they're going to throw at you, you know? Yeah, I think uh, we haven't really changed a whole lot since we're so new. Um, we kind of haven't had the the need to yet. That's awesome. I think the biggest thing, yeah. The biggest thing is we're trying to get a couple of interns for the season. And the idea is have, you know, two of those two interns and then me and my assistant, you know, we can get more stuff done in the morning and we can leave when the game starts. You know, if, if there's no weather, you know, weather in the area, then, Hey, you know, I'll take off Tuesday night. Y'all got this. And, so we can get some more rest because right now, I mean, me and my assistant are here 
on a game day from probably 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., if not later, you know, six days in a row, it's, it gets, you it's know, tiring. Old quickly. So, yeah, I'm sure. Hopefully, just adding a couple more bodies in here. And, uh, you know, so we can get more time off is, is the big thing. Absolutely. You definitely deserve it. Um, and it's really cool that, again, like to the level of being okay with an intern sort of running it. And I think, I think even things like that, where it's like, they get the opportunity to do that changes the game, you know? Yeah. Um, which is awesome. So definitely cool. So yeah, having a lot of outside events come in and with the challenges that brings to, you know, bringing the field back to what you want it to be. Is there anything special you do like after somebody packs up and leaves? Like I know earlier you mentioned you had to, you were staying late on one day and then the game was the next day. So what does that kind of look like? So basically after that concert and after most of our concerts, well, actually we've only had three, so all of them, but the, we'll stay and we'll poke holes on the infield and where the road was, like the plywood road to build out for the stage. We'll do that. And then we're picking up trash, you know, doing anything we can do that night while we're there to speed up the process. I'm, you know, I'm got my truck out there pulling generators off the field, getting every, basically getting everything out of our way. Uh, so we can, we can get rocking and rolling, but yeah, it's usually late night, you know, we're, we're on the air fire and one of us is walking and the other one is, is picking up trash and trying to clean everything up so that the next day is not as bad. Still waiting for someone to come up with a chair for that aerator. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, you'll make millions of dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would that would be amazing. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that would be nice. Um, sorry, I'm laughing because one of our former students, he's actually at Tennessee Tech, uh, doing turf and mechanical engineering, and he's here today actually helping out. We're doing a surprise little trailer thing here and next couple of weeks will come out but uh he's big on figuring out like how to make things better for the turf manager and yeah. his big thing is cup holders and he's i'm like design he's the best it, couple another another thing is that seat because i came out one day and i'm probably getting in trouble for this but I, he was aerating and i had him for two classes and i come out and he's riding the thing like a horse so he's like leaning over the top <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like yeah, that's not how you're supposed to do that. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just popped in my head. <laughs> just made oh, that's that's great. I thought about doing that myself, but never actually did it. <laughs> it works. It, it's just, I feel like I would get tired. My arm would be like dead, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, with that, we uh, we wrap up on these last two questions. And again, it's not, it's not a, I'm always interested to see the different answers that come from it, but the, this question is not to make things easier, better, whatever it is. If there was one thing you wish you knew going into this industry when you first started, what would that one thing be and why? Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> I wish that I had known going in how to, I guess, manage people. Because I would never been a manager, I'd always been managed. And I was like, you know, how, how can I be the best boss to someone else without, you know, sacrificing our, you know, quality of work or whatever. 
so I wish, you know, I had more, you know, I guess opportunity to do that or, or, you know, learn from, from some more people on how to, how to be the best manager for a crew. Absolutely. You said keeping it fun there is a big yeah. deal. So I think, yeah. I think you're on the right track. Yeah. No, I think, but, uh, I think so far so good. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Definitely. <laughs> And the last question we like to wrap up with is if you could tell a student or a kid that would be in the industry in the future, what would your words of advice be to them? Especially now that there's a lot more high school programs that we hear about with turf kids that like the ones you have that work for you, what would you tell those students or people who are just athletes right now that want to be in the industry? Yeah, I'd say try to, you know, find someone to reach out to and pick their brain on on how they made it. And you know, I, I would say try to diversify get you know, what your sports and experience, just kind of get a good, good all around, you know, knowledge of what we're doing and, and don't be a stranger, basically. Incredible. It definitely, all those things hit the nail on the head. I said that right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to thank you so much for taking the thank time. Thank you very today. much. This was great. Uh, Again, congratulations on an incredible honor. So well-deserved. Uh, the work that minor league groundskeepers do is unparalleled. The grind that you guys go through every day and being able to come out the other side, loving everything about it is truly incredible. And I, I commend you on all of that. So, Well, thank you guys very much. I, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on here. And and I'm looking forward to the, to the rest of the year. So. And my again, once again, I'm going to say it again. I'm sorry, but thank you for reaching out and being that advocate for the younger kids and the generation to come because there's so many great people that are going to do incredible things in this industry. They just need a mentor like you to allow them to have that avenue and allow them to have that voice that truly they don't have uh, without people like you. So again, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. So yeah, I appreciate it. I'm always, always available for anybody that needs anything. So 